allow you to be seated for just a moment. You know, you never know what one day will hold for you. And so you need to make wise decisions in every decision you make every day. I did want to tell this church, I think what I've been going through in this battle is more than physical. My wife and I have talked about it. I think it's a, a real spiritual thing. Um, I was doing really good yesterday. I came, got up this morning, was struggling a little bit. Came to the house of the Lord. I was standing in the hallway. I was doing pretty good. And uh, when Devin was getting ready to finish up, I thought, well, I'll get up and walk. And when I got up, my leg just went doing all the crazy stuff it's doing again. I walked to the pulpit, and I hadn't been having lots of problems with my talking. My mouth was like cotton, and uh, words just not, it was really struggling. And I realized, you know, today I went home, was doing better, came to the house of the Lord to pray this afternoon, walked in here, and as soon as I walked in the sanctuary, it hit me again. And I walked to the altar here, and I was trying to pray, and my mouth dry, and the words wouldn't come very well. And, uh, and so I just started praying in Jesus' name, but I was feeling better. I'm telling you, this morning the Lord strengthened my leg. I feel really good. I know God touched and healed my body. I started to come without that cane, but it's not that I don't have a lack of faith. I just you know, I didn't want to fall down. So... <laughs> And I started praying, and I started walking back and forth, and that thing went away. I could talk very clear, and I finally walked by that little thing right there and stuck that cane on there and just kept walking around without it. So I know the Lord touched and healed my body, and he's given me strength. And so he's a healer. And what Devin preached this morning wasn't, it wasn't by accident. I never asked him to preach that sermon and never said anything to him about the sermon. And, and um, coming afterwards, I, I just wanted to come and talk to the church for a few moments. And, and, but the Lord knew, folks, he's trying to build faith in this church. Darian stood here just a moment ago and he, he said the verse, I think it was yours, Sister Burton, if I was correct, and said, you know, he, he got sick so God could reveal his power. You know, we go through things so God can reveal his power. We, you cannot know God is a healer unless you need healing. You, you can't find God as a provider unless, God, unless you need God to provide. And you can't say God was your strength if you were never in a place of weakness. So interesting that those verses that were put up on that slide tonight, verses that, that people have sent me this week, and we're up on the slide. Song they sang tonight. I'm going to use it in my, in my preaching in just a moment. I hope it's all right if I, I have missed now seven sermons. So I'm going to preach them all tonight. <laughs> Not really. But I do want to just show you a little things that have gone on. I, I, like I told you, this thing hit us all of a sudden. And uh, first of all, I want to say thank the Lord for my wife. She's been really strong. I love her. And it's been, she's been trying to get ready for her 
ladies' meetings that she had yesterday with all of her meetings. And in the middle of all this, she was trying to take care of me. And she's thankful she didn't have to change my diaper or anything. But <laughs> I was feeling like a baby, I tell you. But just all the things that's going on, and she just kept being strong. And, and my kids, you know what? And we'll preach a sermon, this and not tonight. But thank God for the family of God. And uh, I was at the house by myself, and uh, I was going to come to the church, and I would start over the church kind of when the main thing happened, and I couldn't walk to get here. So I thought that wasn't probably a good thing. And then decided I was going to shave, but I went to the bathroom, but when I went to shave, I couldn't raise my right arm, so I had to use two arms to shave. I'm just giving you information to let you know God's been good to us, and it's easier to give you the information on this side than it was going through it so uh, I finally sat down called 911 they came and got me and gave me a nice little ride to the hospital and they thought it was a stroke but they tested and thank the Lord I didn't have a stroke so you know everything I'm excited about that and uh, so they admitted me that's the reason why I wasn't here at church on Sunday because I was being entertained at the at the hospital every few minutes with somebody coming in and poking my legs and, and pushing my legs and pushing my arm and sticking needles somewhere to get more blood. I, one day, in one single day, they took 18 vials of blood. I told them, I said, I think I'm going to run out if you guys keep taking that stuff out of here. So they took 18 of them. So I spent two days in the hospital there with all kinds of tests and and CAT scans and MRIs and all that stuff. And then they said, I need to go to a neurologist. So they transported me to Clackamas. So I was at Clackamas Hospital there. One of the better hospitals is Kaiser's uh, Clackamas. They're, they're really a great hospital. You share a room with somebody that's just across. So if you guys want to know any information about Dan or Ryan, I got all the scoop. can tell you their weight, issues they have, everything. I got all the scoop. But anyway, uh, so I was there for two days, and then they sent me home. So I was in the hospital for four days there. But I was just want to show you even in all that, I had a real bad night one night I was there. And um, um, I, I'm going to see if it's still here. And I was having a pretty hard time. And, uh, and, and I got this little text sent to me, and uh, it says this, I heard that you are sick. I pray the Lord that he may heal you in the name of Jesus. It says, uh, to the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song of Alamoth, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now, that was sent to me at 2... 11 in the morning because Brother Desiree was up at 2.11 in the morning apparently so and he sent me that text and I have received text after text from people with verses and stuff encouraging me and in the middle of all of this stuff Brother Nathan sent me a big old text and just I read that not once not twice I read that several times over and over again I read that text because the Lord was using people in the palace of praise to help 
your pastor in his fight. So you don't understand we're not fighting by ourselves, we're fighting together. What affects one affects all. Amen. So I may be the one standing behind the pulpit, but every person in this house is very important and integral to the revival at the Palace of Praise. And so we have been going through this battle. And again, my wife has been the little trooper and done a great job. And uh, all my family has been. And tonight, I would like to preach for just a few moments, if that'll be all right. I'm going to preach from Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. For any of those who would like to still give to She's for Christ, that tonight is your last night. And if you're going to, you're going to need to... Uh, uh, let us know or let Sister um, Pierce know that um, how much you're going to give if you're going to give anymore. I know most of you are probably already given, but if you haven't, I'm just letting you know because we're going to send that check out tomorrow morning so or even tonight, I'm not for sure. But Matthew chapter 14, I, it's a story that all of you have are very familiar with. And today as I walk back and forth, I preached this sermon a few years ago. But I, the Lord just reminded me of it, and I went today and pulled back up this sermon. And it's not the same sermon, but it's along some of the same lines. Matthew 14 and 25, the missionary even mentioned this the other day. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they, and when they, and when they, and when they, and say when Peter, it says, and when they, because the way he got back to the ship was with Jesus. And when they were coming to the ship, that's when the storm went away. But he got out of the ship by himself. <laughs> but to get back in that ship, he had to have Jesus help him get back to that ship. Things changed that day when he got back in that ship. I want to draw your attention to that verse number 30. But when he saw, and who is the he that's being referred to there? That pronoun's representing what? Peter. But when Peter saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. Now, when I begin to start looking in these portions of Scripture, I'd like to ask you a question. Does anybody detect any sin whatsoever in what Peter did or said? 
There is no sin. I do not see one thing where there was sin whatsoever. Matter of fact, I think Peter, as it's been often said, was the most courageous individual and had the most faith of any of them because the other 11 never got out of the boat. So he was taking the next step in reality. But verse 31, after you read that verse 30, it says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I want to ask you a question. What caused Peter to sink? What caused Peter to sink? It was when he began to look at the waves and the effects of the wind. Now look at Jesus' words. He said, O thou of little faith. According to Jesus, Peter's faith was affected by, you ready? It's what I'm going to preach about, by these distractions. His faith was affected by these distractions. It was those distractions that caused him to doubt, according to Jesus. And I have sensed a faith surging at the palace of praise. Over the last three or four weeks, I have felt just a real faith in prayer. I don't know if you felt the same thing. I felt a real uh, faith in worship. People just having confidence even in worship and praising God. And there's just, been a, there's just been a different atmosphere at the palace of praise, folks. Can somebody give me a witness in the house? Amen. Well, you mark it down, folks. I want you, I want you to look at the timeline of when I battled. Rocky, I hope you don't mind me using your name. <laughs> but on that Sunday morning, Rocky was here at church. Does anybody remember what pastor preached on that Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah, peace. <laughs> I preached that Sunday morning, and Rocky came down, and then I watched God. Boy, I tell you, I had my hand on his head, and I'm telling the Holy Ghost was moving so strong on him and I felt like it was more than Rocky. I felt like it was, it was more than him. I felt like there's something breaking in the spirit realm in regards to releasing people that goes beyond one individual but multiple individuals. Not just multiple individuals that will find their place here at the altars at the Palace of Praise, but I really felt like it was a break for people who are going to get saved in other altars and other churches that have backslidden out of this church and have walked away from God from this church. And I just felt it very, very strong in my spirit. So when I was praying, I felt I was praying for more than one man. I was praying for a group of individuals. We had service that Sunday night, and it was that Monday that this whole thing hit me the way it did. I can stand here today, and I believe I, I, was, I was talking to my, my daughter yesterday, and she was talking to me for a while and sent me some verses too, and my wife and I was talking the thing, and I am confident, if I've ever been confident of one thing, it, this is not about a pastor fighting just physically. I believe we are in the midst of probably one of the most fierce spiritual battles because I think it's one of our last greatest fights before we have the break that God wants to give us. I believe it with everything that's in me. And I believe God 
has to use people. And sometimes he chooses us. I, I told my wife, you have to be careful what you say to someone. I was at, I went to a, a conference over in McMinnville because they had asked us to come. So I went there and was there and got to see some our friends and everything. We had a great time there. A man I've known for many, 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 many years who goes to a church in Eugene, he was talking to me and I was standing there. Let me tell you, Ian is doing outstanding. He is doing an excellent job in that church, involved in that church. And so I thank God for the great thing he's done there. The Lord's provided. He has, the Lord provided him with a place to live. He walks to church. He, he told me, he said, I didn't even drive to church. I just walk over here to church. So the Lord is being good to him. Get this, the Lord opened up a door. He's now a part of the apprenticeship program with the construction and becoming a car, uh, carpenter. So the Lord has just opened doors. So thank God for that. Amen. So my wife and I, we, they asked us to sit over here on the second row right behind these guys. And I thought, my Lord, those, those people are way up there. We're way down here. I said, my friends asked us to sit back here toward the back. So we went and sat with Ian and we had a good time with him. But while we were there at that thing, he's doing excellent. But while I was there at that thing, one of the guys came up and he was telling me about his son and the physical condition he was having and the finances they were going through and all that stuff. And the Lord just popped a thought in my mind. I looked at him, I said, you know, God chooses the strong because he knows you can handle it. <laughs> and boy, has the Lord kind of brought that verse back. So in all this thing, I'm thinking, okay, God, at least I'm going to say you feel I'm strong enough to handle it or you wouldn't have put it on me. Because he says he'll never put more on us than we can handle and so he chooses people. And people in this church, you have been going through things, but they're not just physical things. They're not just family things. They're not just financial things. It's a greater picture that's going on. It's an enemy that's seeking to destroy us and to distract us and to sidetrack us. What better way can the enemy distract the church than to have the pastor miss two weeks of church. Yet God's in control. So will you go figure that one out? Because greater is our God. Can somebody say amen? I'm not going to preach all of my sermon I wrote down tonight simply for time's sake. But let me put it clear to everyone in this house. The devil is sowing distraction. The devil is sowing distraction at the palace of praise. With some it's finances, with some it's your job, with some it's relationships, with some it's physical like this, where you just, folks, the day was one of the hardest days of my life because I did not want to walk into this sanctuary this morning because I have a male ego. And my male ego says you do not want to appear weak, okay? So I really had to pray that God help me walk into this sanctuary this morning and the enemy put up the best fight he could but greater is our God. Greater is our God. Said, greater is our God. 
I told my wife one of the weirdest things that happened in that thing. My memory is not one of the best things. When I was younger, I could see the pages, almost like a photographic memory when I do my Bible, Bible memory. When I went to that hospital on that, sun, on, that, on that day for the first day, I told my wife, I couldn't remember every person that came into that room, every person who helped me for all four days. I can tell you every one of them that came into that room. I witnessed a person after person that room when we got to that I didn't have much privacy. Dan was the other guy on the other side of the curtain. Couldn't see him. He was on the other side of the curtain. But for since you don't have a lot to do in a room, he's not going anywhere and I wasn't going anywhere. It's kind of captive audience. I began to talk to talk to him about God. Find out that he used to go to church years ago. He's had seven strokes. He's not in the best of shape. And he's you know what his daughter's name is. His daughter's name is Faith Noel. And I said, why didn't you name her Faith? He said, because we were in the church at the time when she was born. So I named her Faith. And he starts talking about church. I start talking to him about church. and start. You know what? Even if it was just for that one moment, then maybe that's why God put us there. But I don't think it was. When we were at the west side, my wife was beside me most of the time. And one of the ladies that came in there... They were getting ready to transport me and move me to another place. I hope I'm not taking too much of your time, but I'm making a point here tonight, folks. And when I got ready to be transported, Michelle, who was the vital nurse, vital signs nurse, she came in and she said, I'm going to miss your wife. She's such a sweetheart. I thought, how, how about me? You know? <laughs> so she, she is talking about how much you really liked my wife and everything and and, and all this stuff and how great she was and the whole nine yards. Then my wife went up to visit you, your wife, in the hospital. And so my wife is standing inside of the room. Guess who comes down the hall? Michelle. She asked her, what's he, is, you know, is he back in here? What's going on? No, my mother's in here this time. <laughs> and she... Uh, she got to talk to her again. Things don't happen by accident. We don't understand what the end of this thing is. Why? We got to tell them about things. The guy who transported, his name is Ryan. Folks, usually you're supposed to spend about 45 minutes or so getting from, they told me from Westside over to Clackamas. We were an hour and 45 minutes. I, guess what? He couldn't go anywhere either. So I got to talk to him all the way about the church and God and what he is doing. We got to the hospital and we got inside and he rolled me in and they put me over in my bed and the thing, he, he turned to me, he said, you don't be surprised if I don't come and visit your church because he says, it sounds like you have some of the same values that I have. He's 34 years of age and uh, he was in the army, in the military and uh, now he's training to be a, a firefighter I'm going to tell you what, folks, things don't happen by accident. God puts all things in order, and God directs our path every day, even through the bad stuff. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe the devil, and I'm not giving him any praise, but I'm just saying this because some of us need to be aware where we are at the palace of praise right now. The devil's sowing distractions. Let me give you the definition of distractions. You ready? Ready? A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. 
Now, don't you think that would be what the devil would love to do at the Palace of Praise? Is to get us to stop giving our full attention to what God wants us to do at the Palace of Praise. See, there are some other synonyms for that. Diversion, interruption, interference, hindrance. Once you pay close attention to what I'm about to say, we as Christians, we need filters in our life. And these filters that we have in our life, they help us to discern between right and wrong. And these filters in this present religious climate, often our filters are based on, we look at things and we will make this thing, we'll put them in two categories. We'll say that's good or that's evil. That's what we do. Thus our filters are only really filtering the obvious things. Somebody hearing me? It's really just filtering the obvious things that are going to hinder us, are going to be detrimental to us. One of the questions we asked is, verbally or mentally, we'll ask this question. Is there any sin in what I'm going to be involved in? Anybody ever thought about that and said that statement or thought that statement? And, and we might ask this question. Does it violate the commandments of God? And, and then once it passes through that filter, then we feel all is well. All is well. But in Hebrews... We find these two categories mentioned. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, you guys know it, every weight and sin. This is not a new message. Which does so easily beset us. Sin and weight. The writer of Hebrews, as you very well know, he makes a distinction between these things sin and this thing weight. Our filters that we're using is picking up, I think, most of the time on the sin. But it's missing the weights. And the weights are getting through. So we look at it and we say, that's obvious sin, so we won't be involved in that. But our filter, we're, we're letting things go through that should be stopped by some filter of the Holy Ghost that would stop some of these things that are weights that the enemy is using as distractions for the palace of praise. Yet he clearly, he clearly, folks, he does not distinguish between the two of them. He clearly lets us know and defines that there is an effect of both of these on us. Not only does the sin easily beset us, but the weights easily beset us. Now, folks, I want you to pay close attention. He didn't put one higher than the other. He didn't say, you got to be careful of those sins, and then, you know, if you get a chance, kind of pay a little attention to the weights. He said, sin and the weights. He put them all together because they can have the same detrimental effect on our walk with God and hindering us from being what God wants us to be. Get this, are you ready? I looked up that word besets. The word besets means this, to thwart or to hinder. To thwart or to hinder. Folks, you know what? Your pastor's been hindered a little bit the last two weeks. I haven't been able to do what I need to do. 
There's lots of things I need to get done. There's lots of things I need to be here and praying, and I need to be here more in, in preaching and teaching. But the Lord let this stuff happen. There has to be a reason. There has to be a message. There has to be something. And maybe to, God's just using your pastor as an illustration to this church to let you know the enemy has unleashed all of hell against the palace of praise because he sees something that we may not see and he knows something that yet we do not know. But God in heaven knows that it's about to happen in the name of Jesus. The context of that verse is referring to the look at the latter part. It's referring to a race. So when you talk about hindering and when you're referring to a competitor, it then is referring to this. One of the commentaries I read, it was this. Causes to stand still. <laughs> causes to stand still. Certain weights will get to you to certain a point that you can't run anymore and you just stand still. That's what the commentary said. So what's wrong with standing still? Is there anything wrong with standing still? Is there sin in there standing still? No. But look at the context of the verse. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. God has put a race before us. The writer is making the analogy of a runner. So it is so is it wrong for a runner to stand, st stand around? Okay, get this. There's that filter of reasoning again that wants to categorize everything into two categories of whether it's good or evil or right or wrong. And then we want to make the assumption that everything that's not sin in the sin category, then it's all right for us to be involved in. And it's not really bothering us at the palace of prayer. But we're making a big mistake because a runner, runner stands still doesn't make him an evil person, but it's a fact to consider. A runner doesn't run, win many races standing still. Did you hear me? A runner doesn't win many races standing still. And he said the runner is run, he's running to win. He's running what? To achieve a prize. So if he's standing, it's not sin, but folks, he's not getting where he needs to get and get to the crossing line or do what he needs to do. To church, tonight I'm trying to preach about distractions. Distractions are an interruption of thoughts and concentration, folks. I'm sorry, I'm battling a little bit with my mind and stuff, but I'm doing really well, and I'm, 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 I hope you're going to hang with me a little bit here. I'm doing my best here. Let this, look what the Word of God says. It says, let this mind be in you. Again, distractions can interrupt your thoughts and your concentration, folks. We can't function with the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Why? Because we are having so many distractions. See, our mind can't focus on doing what God wants us to do because our thoughts are going to, am I going to be all right, God? I'm talking about your pastor right now. God, what do I need to do to set things in order because am I going to come through this thing right or not? Lord, what do I need to do to get, make sure that my wife and kids are taken care of? And what do I need to do to help the church? And my mind is going through, I'm just 
telling you from me and my battle, this is hard to do, and I hate to even talk like this, but I'm trying to just tell the church and be honest so you can show, show you. Folks, that's what I feel like the Lord is saying. He's trying to distract my minds. Why? So I have less time then to pick up my my. My, my phone when I come to the house of God and I have less time than to hit this little thing right here where it says my prayer list where all of you are listed and all a list of prayers that goes and goes and goes and goes the prayer list that I can come to the house of God and, and I can walk across these altars and I can call every one of your names and have the Holy Ghost speak to me as I need to hear about you and I can intercede for you so the enemy then gets my mind worrying about my physical and he gets me worried about where I I'm in and worried about my, my legs and worried about my arm and worried about my thoughts. I'm trying to give you my heart tonight and, and the Holy Ghost was just staying, talking to me. It's not just me. There's things that are going on in your life that the enemy is trying to get your mind to think about this and think about that. It's only the devil because he's trying to distract you. Why? Because he sees something you do not see and he knows something that we do not know there is going to be a revival Rocky's not the only one there's going to be more there's going to be more there's going to be more and we've got to claim it in Jesus name somebody give God a shout hallelujah I'm going to finish this message. Hear me today. When we are distracted and don't have the true mind of Christ, distraction creates shallow thinking. Somebody hearing me? It, it creates shallow thinking. What I'm talking about shallow thinking is we're dealing with things simply in the physical. There is a depth that goes beyond what we are dealing with here. There's something more than going on in my physical. I'm dealing with things in the spiritual, and yet you are dealing with things in the spiritual. We're in a fight and we're in a battle, but when we are getting in these things, we're thinking this shallow place. And then a shallow thinking creates shallow living. It creates shallow commitment to God. Why? Because you cannot serve two masters. You can only serve one. And when our minds are divided with these things that we're thinking about because where the devil is distracting us, then we can't have our minds solely on God. And the Bible says, I must serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength. I've got to know God. I've got to push it out of my mind. And I've got to have my mind stayed on you, God. Hallelujah. And these, these shallow thinking and these, this shallow living that we're doing to God and these distractions are affecting our walk with God. So instead of praying, we're thinking. Driving to work, you have time in your car. In your car, instead of you spending that time of praying, you're starting to think. And your mind is thinking and thinking and thinking. Lay in the hospital, I know what I'm talking about. I had nothing else to do. I read the Word of God and I prayed and everything. But then when those things are done, thinking and thinking. I sat in my living room yesterday. Everybody is gone. 
gone to the hyphens. My wife's gone to her meetings there in Eugene. and I'm in that house by myself. I'm reading the Word of God. And all of a sudden, into that house, folks, it was like a heaviness that came into that room. And it began to push against me. And I thought, my Lord and my God, what's going on here? I thought, okay, all right, maybe this is the end of things. And maybe this is where we're going to go. And I'm thinking, no, I feel too good physical in my body. I feel too, that, that too strong in my body. That's just can't happen. And all of a sudden, I felt depression pushing on my body. And everything, my mind started going crazy and thinking all kinds of things. And the only thing I started doing in that room, I started shouting out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, I started saying, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I started crying out to God and I was saying, God, I plead your blood over my family. I plead your blood over my wife right now. I plead your blood over my kids, my grandkids. I started pleading the blood over every one of you as I started calling. What was going on? I realized, folks, at that point, man, we're in something. Some of you are facing depression, but it's not depression, honey. It is a spirit that the enemy's bringing against you to what? To distract you. Press through it in the Holy Ghost. God took that thing off yesterday and gave me relief. He can do this. He can do the same for you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 So ironic in that moment of time. That sermon came back to me that I preached, Bishop, when I stood in this pulpit for one of the last times I stood. Peace. Peace. Get this, on my Bible reading, day after day, I I read open my verses because I couldn't read. They send those to me about 3 in the morning. I was there when it came. It'd pop up. My Bible reading is there because I couldn't sleep very well for several days now. And There's my Bible verse, day after day. Guess what one of those verses was? That verse right there. We'll give you perfect peace. Who's what? Come on, somebody tell me. I can't hear you. I'm going to give you peace, but what? The thoughts, the minds, the distractions, the mind, the thoughts, the distractions. Who's peace? Folks, Isaiah, day after day, I'd open that thing, verse after verse. I call my wife in there. Am I telling the truth, honey? Call my wife in there and I said, honey, look at this. I think she got tired of me waking her up early in the morning. She wanted me to just go away, you know. You go back to your little room and leave me alone. Because I was wearing her out, folks. And verse after verse, and one day, verse after verse in Isaiah, it said, I am your healer. I am your strength. I am the one. Talked about in that verse where it said there's the bullocks and and the enemy has set them in place and the enemy has put the walls in place and the things and then he comes along and says, I am the strength. I'm the one who tears down the walls. I am the one who tears down the bullocks and I'm the one. Folks, don't you tell me. Honey, God knew when to bring this on. God knew when those verses were going to pop up. God knew when. The people were going to send me Texas. God didn't put it in the heart of people to send me the Texas. God put it in the heart of people to send me Texas and words. God put it in the heart of people to call me and give me words. Honey, I realize I am not alone. My God is with me. And if I'm not alone, there's nobody in this house that is alone. God is with us at the palace of praise. God is with us at the palace of praise. Hallelujah. 
Palace of Praise, I believe God wants us to become aware of things that may not be sin, but they may be a distraction. Look at your neighbor say, distractions. I believe the devil is giving us his best shot right now. But all I can say, if this is your best shot, you better round up and try it again. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. This is your best shot. You didn't keep this pastor from preaching tonight. And you didn't keep this church from having revival. Because the greater is our God. And he's going to give us victory, Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Angelo, you sang the song tonight. Isaiah. Come here. I want to I know it's in my verses. Read that verse. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. No. Did we hear something sung tonight? Yeah. From this. Is that what it says? Yeah. Okay. That's not only what I wrote down, but that's also what's text to me in this thing. Many are the afflictions, but guess what? My God heals them. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. No weapon. Bring it on, devil, physically. Bring it on, spiritually. Bring it on, devil. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Somebody needs to shout it to the Lord. You keep standing because I'm almost done. I, I don't need any music tonight. You hear me tonight. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. He's trying to distract us. I want everybody to repeat this word right now. If there was ever a time this church needs to do this, it's right now. I want you to say focus. focus. Would you say it nice and loud? Focus. focus. I need this church ever, if ever before, you need to focus on what God has given you. Let me read you this little story from Yoga Berra. It says this, there is a story involving Yoga Berra, the well-known catcher for the New York Yankees and Hank Aaron, who at the time was the chief power hitter for the Miami, I mean Milwaukee Braves. The teams were playing in the World Series, and as usual, Yogi was keeping up his ceaseless chatter intended to pepper up his teammates as on the one hand and distract the Milwaukee batters on the other hand. As Aaron came to the plate, Yogi tried to distract him by saying, Hey, hey, Henry, you're holding the bat the wrong way. You're supposed to hold it so you can read the trademark. Aaron didn't say anything. He paid no attention to him. But with the next pitch came, he hit it into the left feel bleachers. After rounding the bases and tagging up at home plate, Aaron looked at Yoga Berra and said, I didn't come up here to read the bat. I didn't come up here to read the bat. You need to figure out why you're here. You need to figure out why you're here. He didn't come to the plate to read the bat. He came to the plate to hit a home run. You need to figure out why you're here so the devil isn't able to distract you in life. I'm here to do the will of God and do whatever God wants me to do. I'm here to be a soul winner. 
I'm here to be a prayer warrior. I'm here to be on fire for God. I'm here to be faithful to God. And I'm never going to let the devil distract me because I'm not here just to show up. I'm here to do something for God. Come on, church. Some of you need to make up your mind. You're tired of just being a member of the palace of praise and parking your carcass on a pew and raising your hands and singing. You need to get on fire for God. You, you need to focus. You need to stop letting the devil distract you. And you need to get your eyes on God and start praying, God, show me why I'm here. God, I'm tired of just showing up to church. Show me why I'm here. Because I want to be used by God. I want to hit a home run for God, folks. Oh, I feel the power of God in the house right now. I believe God wants some people to focus right now. Is there anybody who wants to pray? Is there anybody right now who wants to put your mind on God? Come on, it's, uh, some of you make your way to the altars. Proverbs 4 and 25 says, Let thy eyes look right on. Let thy eyelids look straight before you. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove not thy foot from evil, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Come on, church. <clears throat> Come on, church. We need somebody to pray. Come on, the enemy's trying to distract you. Come on, he's trying to get you to backslide. Come on, don't be distracted. Focus. Come on, you need to pray until you're speaking in tongues right now. Come on, pray. Come on, plead the blood over your mind. Some of you need a breakthrough right now in the Holy Ghost. You can receive the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, it hasn't been seeing its distractions. Come on, it's situations, it's relationships, it's your spouses. They're not bad. The enemy is using some of their struggles 
to distract you. Come on. Get your mind on God. Come on. Some of you are battling with your finances. Come on. It's distractions. Get your mind on God. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. You have to finish. I'm leaving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, gee. let's find someone to pray with right now. I feel like God wants to move in this place, in someone's life. Sometimes we get so focused on praying for ourselves, but there's other people in the house that need prayer. Let's pray for somebody else and see what God's going to do right now. Oh, Lord, we need you today in this place. God, you, don't, you may not know what your brother and sister in the Lord are going through, but you can pray for them in the Holy Ghost. Pray strength into your brother in the Lord. Pray strength into your sister in the Lord. Pray that God would renew them today in the Holy Ghost. That we would leave this place strengthened. That we would leave this place ready to remove distractions and hindrances. Oh, God, strengthen us today. That the power of the Holy Ghost stir in our hearts and minds today. Oh, come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Over your brother and sister in the Lord. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let His Spirit flow through you right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, let there be a freedom in the Holy Ghost. We release it right now in Jesus' name. We release it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, let there be a move of the Holy Ghost in this house. A divine shift of the Spirit in this house today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Someone lift your voice, someone lift your voice in praise. Oh, God, we need you, Jesus, today. We need you, Lord, today. Break 
forth the fresh and anew in our lives today. Oh, rivers of living water to flow into and through our lives today. Bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Darian, I was heading home there, and the Lord reminded me of something my wife said. Thank God for a good wife, and thank God for her strength. But in what these things... It was really bad one day, and I wasn't sure. Matter of fact, we updated my wheel because I wasn't sure, folks. <laughs> it's kind of crazy theft. And I was, my wife and I, we were going through it there. And the Lord just quickened to me what she said to me. And you remember what she said to me? You remember what I said? When we were, you, she looked at me and she said this. She says, if this is the end, then you finish strong. So, it's not the end, so don't get excited about that. It's not the end. But my point's this. And the Lord quickened me as I was walking. I was going home to rest. 
We don't have much time. I believe God's about to come. I think he's about to wrap all this stuff up. And the key is this. It's not how much what we've done in the race to this point, but I think it's important that everybody in this house make your mind. You're going to finish strong. You're going to give your best race from here until he calls us home. From right now, you're going to finish strong. I think that was a word from the Lord to me, but I think God was talking to this church. Some of you, Rocky, from now, give it your best. This is <laughs> right here. I'm going to give this my best shot because the, the, the runner is going to give it his best shot when he sees that line about there. So church, how many going to make up your mind? We're going to finish strong with this thing. I'm not talking about me dying. I'm talking about finishing strong. We're going to see revival. We're going to have the greatest revival that we've ever seen about. Ray, won't you raise your hands and thank the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I wasn't uh, I was unable to be here on Wednesday night, and unfortunately, I had our hyphen conference. Um, but I heard that, uh, Damien did a great job preaching on Wednesday night. Talk, he talked about Nineveh, I believe. Is that right? I wasn't here, but I heard people said it. But they're... Um, Travis Miller on Thursday night at Hyphen talked about Nineveh. Pretty neat. Uh, probably can't guess one of the main topics he talked about on Saturday. He talked about, he didn't use the word distractions, but Brother Miller talked about how millennials, he's talking to Hyphens, um, they don't want to give up their free time or their distractions. And, be, and so they don't equate that with their time of prayer and devotion. And so they want, you know, several hours of free time to game or Netflix binge and all that stuff and they, they say I don't have time to pray but they don't equate their free time with their devotion and prayer time so they pray 30 minutes or something like that and, and read the Bible in that time as well but they but they need their free time and so he talked about all this on Saturday Brother Miller talked about all this and then pastor gets up here and he preaches about it today and I really feel like God is speaking to our hyphens and to us as a church and, 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 and evaluate ourselves and where we're at and our distractions. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Why don't you put a smile on your face, shake one or two hands and tell them how, go ahead brother. great Tuesday night prayer if you can make it let's do it in Jesus name put a smile on your face shake one or two hands you're dismissed in Jesus name God bless you